0: on this week's episode of the Superhero Hour Hour. Will Supergirl start off Crisis in a good manner? Will Batwoman be Batwoman in the middle of this section of Crisis? Will The Flash kick us off into the final portion of Crisis until next time, a month from now? Find out. no now... Welcome to the Super Hope. I'm so there sorry. It is, there it is. There it is. Boom. Well, hello y'all. Welcome <laughs> on down to the Down Home
1: Superhero Hour Hour. How <laughs> did you how do you never know what's going to come out of your mouth? Well, yeah, it's a it's a <laughs> he surprise. Didn't know that he was
2: going to say hello or hey, and he said both. <laughs>
0: It's a surprise to me and you and the listener. Welcome, y'all. We are milking out some some beautiful hot, warm t- comic book television and comic book property television for you all to guzzle down from your from your little milk holes. Just slopping it on down your your throat oh holes God. down to the tunnel <laughs> of the stomach. I have the weirdest <laughs> erection. Well, uh, this just week, this week I'm joined by my good friends, my good old buddies from across the way.
1: We've got uh, Ryan here. Um, just so everybody knows, how, y- how you going, Ryan? I'm going. I'm going. Uh, just so everybody knows, this is. Not you doing a voice. This is you forgetting to do your normal fake voice. This is how you actually sound. Yep, well, I figure the, the curtain's gone
0: now. Uh, you see the man behind the screen? Curtain's ki- in the possum cauldron. <laughs> Listen, what? It, once, you know what they say. Once the curtain's in the possum cauldron, mama's come home to roost. Mike, how you doing?
2: It's so unsettling when Taylor talks in his real voice that he just slowly spins the six-shooter on his pointed <laughs> finger.
1: Or, or... Did we have some sort of crisis, and this is just a tailor from a different universe? What's up, y'all?
0: Uh, well, no, because this is we're all on Earth too. the thing that we're all totally fine with our
1: Earth being called. <laughs>
2: yeah, they never get real mad about that. Why are we number two? <laughs> yeah, I don't they're like... be on shit Earth
1: <laughs> I mean shit Earth I would vacation there, right? yeah, well oh.
2: it's it's definitely a party scene.
1: Yeah, it's, It all looks like Woodstock 99. I lo- the best party, in my, my opinion. My favorite Earths. Shit Earth. Mm.
0: Um, Earth 2. Uh, Battlefield Earth. Um, Battlefield Earth 2. Mm-hmm. The Reckoning. um, L. Ron Hubbard Land Earth. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to really like
1: this other universe, Taylor.
0: <laughs> and um, um, personally, my favorite is um, Shelly is is gone forever, and you don't need to worry about her Earth. I heard Shelly Miscavige
1: hung Jeffrey Epstein. Is that true?
0: Well, I'll tell you one thing. She- Shelly Miscavige, she did not kill herself, and neither did Jeffrey Epstein or that that gorilla Harambe, that big old ape. He didn't kill himself either. He,
2: he killed both of them.
0: Yeah, the- well, Harambe got shooters, is what I've heard from my friend Daryl. On your planet, or
1: on your universe or whatever it is, yeah, this is-, one that we're on. is your real-life Justice League, Shelly, Epstein, and Harambe, and they fight crime? Yeah, it's, it- it's
0: Shelly Duvall. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh Carl- Shel- Young Shelley. <laughs> young, <laughs> young, yeah,
0: young Shelley. Uh Carl Epstein and uh Harambe uh there's no one else named Harambe. <laughs> no, there's never the only- been anyone else named Harambe.
2: Is his superpower living and dying by that the first set of laws?
0: Yeah, it uh like iRobot? No yeah, number one is you cannot harm a human. Number two That's the earth we're on. That's the earth we're on. Number no number two is you can't cause a human to be harm, and number three is you cannot be a gorilla, and that's, why he, <laughs> and that's why he didn't kill himself.
1: Hold on. We're always talking about this Epstein thing on this podcast. That's really all we talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're very, we're very uh, intent on the guy who was supposed to be watching him, but wasn't. how about What's the up th- that
1: guy? It's probably Harambe. What about the other thing where Harambe was not murdered? He did kill himself. Oh fuck! You what think- if he Kurt Cobain just gorilla ass out of here? You, you think Harambe was an inside job? I do. Yes, Like, so inside he did it and he wanted to.
0: You think it was an inside out situation? Where I the, do. Yeah. When that
1: yeah. little girl killed herself at the end of that Pixar movie, <laughs> I thought he you meant grabbed his gums and flipped his
2: skin inside
1: out. <laughs> I thought you meant if you shoot yourself in the back of the head, you see those four little characters fly out the back and on yeah.
0: the wall. Uh, wh- what's her face? We're free. Yeah, uh, fucking Natalie Yope, whatever her name is. <laughs>
2: what's that girl's name?
0: Also, according The character
2: from Inside Out? You're mad you don't remember the main character from Inside Out? That's fine. No. Also, did you What's hear it? Mike's
1: impression of the four people in your head? Are all the, that mattress salesman? <laughs> or is Wait, it is,
2: not? My, mine is the guy, the mattress salesman guy, uh, the lawyer guy, uh, who's, who will fight for you.
1: Yes, Larry H. Parker, the mattress salesman. <laughs> yeah. These are good local Curtis? commercial yeah, references. <laughs>
0: hey, I mean, listen, wh- when Selino and Barnes, they broke up, there is a national conversation about who's getting that phone number, and and what? and for my money, it's the chickens. The chickens is always gonna get what it the, what's theirs.
1: For my money, it's my money, and I want it now.
0: JG, motherfucking Wentworth,
1: I swear to God, that man he's he stole the goddamn farm. Is All your right. JG Wentworth insured by Survival? Because if not, I cannot take that bet. Well, you yeah, will find out. Call the general and save some time. <laughs> Yeah, I love that Shaquille O'Neal and the General are friends. I love that. Is there an I, Earth where you, the Justice League is the General, Larry H. Parker, J.G. Wentworth, and Harambe? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And
2: they all team up to fight Ernest.
0: So listen, fucking Mr. Varney, you can get it. We're going to be talking about the crisis on Infinite Earths in a little bit, and that's going to be right after this. Stay tuned. We'll see if this is the same me that happens in that segment. In 1985, DC Comics had decided that the idea of a multiverse, which makes every story canon on some Earth, was a little complicated and lazy. So they decided to throw the biggest event comics had ever seen, smashing all of the multiverses together and just keeping the good stuff. Thankfully, the CW Arrowverse never went too down that confusing rabbit hole, but it's a famous title, so why the hell not? This week, parts 1-3 through three of Crisis on Infinite Earth debuted, starting with Supergirl. All of the stars of all of the shows, plus a couple of extras, get thrown together as all of the Earth's last chance at stopping antimatter. A pissed off not-Thanos who thinks the only good Earth is a dead Earth. But before the band gets back together, we're treated with a montage of all the other Earths dealing with a case of the red skies. On this crisis, the other Earths aren't full of characters that didn't quite fit into the DC 616, but instead other movies and TV shows based on DC properties. Taste Buds, Let's parse story later. How about them cammies? Uh Robert Wool from Batman 89.
2: Arliss! Burt
0: Ward from Batman 66. The Titans!
1: Did they... Uh, do you guys think... Titans was crazy. Because um, now more people have watched Titans than ever before. Oh, yeah. Um, did you guys think that they chose three good ones to start us off with?
2: Yeah, so like... Uh, Robert Wool is, you either aren't sure, but you're like, oh, that's Batman something, or like me, you freak out when you see Robert Wool because you are an idiot. And you're like, that guy <laughs> was friends with Vicky Vale. Uh, it really did hit different fandoms because you're either like an edgelord who loves Titans, a 1989 Batman fan, or fucking 1960. Burt Ward, what, he said, Holy Crimson Skies of Death.
0: Yeah. Burt Ward was the only one that I really was like, oh, yeah, Burt Ward. Because I, for some reason, I recognize old Burt Ward more than I do anyone <laughs> else. Yeah, he's not even good.
1: He looks bad. He should be called Burnt Ward instead of Burt Ward is what I would call him. Um, and then Titans, I barely even remember. What did they do? Uh, Screaming. I know. Scream. The, little
2: Damien and Hawk looked up in the sky and screamed.
1: Yeah. I guess I wish... It was great. I wish that there was some way where we didn't know about them all. But that's right. just not the world we live in anymore. Right. Where yeah. like, they would come as a surprise. That's not going to happen. That, well, that's...
2: Uh, the, the, the Titans I didn't know and Robert wool I didn't know like it was that is the I think I'm I'm, I'm a nerd I don't know if you guys know that uh it is dumb how excited I'm, I got that now Michael Keaton's Batman is connected to all of this
0: see that's I I didn't even I I don't think I knew who Robert wool was I was like who's this guy that they're paying a lot of attention to I think most of the little cameos that they showed on other Earths I was like I don't get this
1: well I mean we'll get to some more later but there were some that like if I didn't uh, if I hadn't heard about all of them before Crisis started, I would have no idea. Right. The, I, I think there were, like, three that I saw and was like, oh, I get this. And then there was a couple more that were not from other Earths, but, like, uh, there's... You know how, like, there's the Patton Oswalt, lin memo Miranda, Miranda um, they just want to be in everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple more of those with Will Wheaton and yep. uh, Griffin, Griffin Newman. Griffin Newman, Yeah. yeah. Um, who? Which it just was like nice nerds him. love these two. We got to put them in here.
0: Yeah, it was it was nice seeing Griffin. I like when
2: him. I saw his name in the credits, uh, because they do the credits before. I was really hoping we we're gonna get a flash of Arthur. Like we're gonna do this around all the Arrowverse, and then Arthur is just standing there with them
1: from an independent comic book company. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that would have been delightful. I understand why it wouldn't happen. Baby Yoda's there. <laughs> yeah, Baby Yoda's Kramer there. Kramer and Kramer from Kramer versus Kramer. Are there.
0: Harambe's there. The whole crew. We've got the whole the whole spin around. Uh, so uh, let's talk about Supergirl. You guys like Supergirl? The, <laughs> as a friend? Yeah. Or more than a friend? This was the first time that I've watched an episode of Supergirl with the new pants. And I got to say, I like those
1: pants. It's a good look. Yeah. I, it's a good outfit. We're not allowed to talk about why we like the shorts. So I'm just going to talk about how w- the pants are good. Yeah. The pants it, are much better. I, I like that other people are like, hey, pants now. One of the things that I think brings down these uh, crossovers, and what is this, four? Four or five. Yeah. Four or five is um, trying to make it too much of an episode of Supergirl. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know that, like, Lena and Alex get more screen time in this episode than any other episode. But I think so far for the entire week, they did a good job, starting with Supergirl, of really dedicating this episode to the... Overall crossover. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That, that's what's so smart is that the all of the episodes just say Crisis on Infinite Earths, not Supergirl in blank, which yeah. I think a couple years back, they still had it two separated. Yeah. But we start with Supergirl's world. There's We see Argo Fucked Your City happen. Uh, we get the Balcony of Deep Thoughts, which happens in every episode of Supergirl between Clark and Kara. Like,
1: is there, that what they call like, it? Yeah. That's, the balcony that's of what deep the thoughts. internet calls it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, I really
2: hope the characters never call it that.
1: But there was no, like, Jimmy Olsen has a crush on some intern that we have to, like, also deal with in this episode. No. And that's what I appreciate. Take a break from that shit. Yeah. I, I do – I think because they have
0: I, – I don't know if they did this last year as well, but th- this year they do have, like, a separate showrunner for Crisis. Cool. Who is, like, in charge of Crisis, and he is helping the writers
1: write just Crisis, not just, hey, Supergirl writers, write an episode of Crisis that does these things. I mean, it takes – like, so much focus just to focus on these five episodes. They're so all over the place that to, like, then divide up that work between people who aren't sure what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love this, that there's, like, a... Uh, five-hour or whatever-it-is movie in the middle of all of these other seasons.
0: Yeah. Um. How did you guys feel as a, a little segue, pot potentially, about, because uh, in this episode of Supergirl, is the first time that Batwoman meets pretty much everyone else. So, like, how do you guys feel about her in the, the rest of the, the mix them up the chemistry?
2: She still isn't great as an actor. Because Ruby Rose sucks. Yeah, but I do think everybody's reactions to her and her reactions to everybody played pretty well. Like, Cara yeah. and her just like, we're best friends. Let's just deal
1: with that. Uh, Wait, what did you just call us? I said we're best friends. <laughs>
2: uh, and they, like, they do play well, or Kara plays very well off of Batwoman. Uh, Ollie's reaction to her, like, he just sees who she is. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like,
1: her, her yeah. mixing it up in this universe works. Uh, well. I mean, think, like, we don't go see, uh, I don't know, like, uh, movies about your children dying as if you're a father starring Vin Diesel. Yeah. You know, like, we go see him have to do, like, as minimal uh, emotional acting as possible, and then he does other cool stuff. And that's sort of the camp that Ruby Rose is in. Yeah. Because she's not dealing with uh, father-daughter relationships and sister-sister relationships, and she's just like, oh my god, action, let's do some action. This is definitely closer to where she belongs, I think.
0: Yeah, and uh, before we move off of the Supergirl episode, this is the episode where Ollie just decides he's gonna die because he's fucking Ollie. How'd you guys feel about that moment?
2: Dude. There's two great Oliver moments in in this first episode uh, when they go and meet Old Man Ollie because they're hunting yeah. for Jonathan Ken on New. His we've just watched Stephen Amell at least become a really good CW actor, right? And Old Man yes. Ollie being heartbroken by how better other worlds are hit me fucking hard.
1: Okay, that brings up an interesting question. Uh Stephen Amell is leaving the Arrowverse. We don't, his movie career so far has consisted of Casey Jones. Yeah. Um. I'll, if it's, if the odds are hundred 150 to one, that Stephen Amell is nominated for an Oscar, how much money would you put on that bet? Would you even put a dollar down? Or is that just $200. a waste of a dollar? $200. God damn. I'm, I, have a, I have an Mike.
2: annual, what can I waste my money on?
1: Mike, I'm, I'm bad with money, and I would put maybe $10 on that. <laughs> You're 20 times worse than Taylor is. Um, uh, the problem with uh, him dying in the end of part one. Is it sucks real bad? Which is the- the uh, It's stupid and dumb. Like the end of his time in the Arrowverse is that it was very unbelievable that this would be the last of Stephen Amell that we got, and that did right. sort of deflate the moment a little bit.
2: Yeah,
0: it's like, we're going to get more of this guy. Uh, that but, br-
2: but again, everybody's reactions to him dying, like, and everybody yeah. like us is like, no, he's gonna, he's our protagonist. Like, even the other characters, are like, well, we can't do this without Stephen Amell.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, going back to the thing where uh, it, this episode is a Supergirl episode and then a Batwoman episode. Even if they did that even more hardcore than they did, we knew that Arrow. You know, even if we didn't see Flash or whoever or the Legends, Arrow was going to be a big part of every episode. He's not fucking dead. He's not dead.
0: Uh, which brings us into the next episode of The Crisis. Part 2 of Crisis is over on Batwoman, where we introduce to the idea of the seven paragons, seven heroes that are needed to defeat Anti-Monitor. Half the gang goes and gets earth as Superman, a.k.a. Brandon Routh from Superman Returns. The other half, including Kara and Batwoman, go get the Paragon of Courage, a.k.a. a Batman from the future. We'll start with Batman, Batwoman's journey because it's her fucking show. What did we think of Kevin Conroy's live Batman: The Animated Series live? <laughs> he 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 might want to be in a recording booth for the rest of his career. <laughs> I yeah, I think he's. Uh, as soon as I heard that fucking voice coming around the corner, I was like, "Ho." Oh, f- is that Kevin Conroy? And it fucking was, and it works. His
1: voice is so fucking good. Which you, mm-hmm. you ask that anytime you hear a voice around the corner, yeah. and this is the first time you've actually been right, dude. It was Kevin Conroy. Listen, a stop clock is right when the
0: moon shines. And so uh, I I love his voice. I think he really brings a lot of, I think he brings a lot of voice acting to like the lines that he's delivering, and I believe them. But just him as, I think his stature just,
1: betrays him like that dude's not Batman and the the dialogue he was given I don't think he's the strongest live actor but also it was so mustache twirly from the moment he walks on that when it turns out that like Batman's gone a little cuckoo yeah there's no shock there you know like oh yes we understand that clearly he's not the paragon that we're looking for
0: yeah It, it, it seemed like they were doing has he ever done a like Dark Knight Returns style thing like because that that is like the storyline they were going for
1: well i sort of got something different from it they said batman from the future and then they went to this place and a kid answers the door Mm -hmm. and so i thought that the paragon it turns out to be ruby rose but i thought it was going to be batman beyond i thought the same thing i was like where's this fucking irish fuck
2: (laughs) yeah I, i think the the bait switch we thought it was supposed to be kingdom come but we already got A Kingdom Come Superman. It should, it should have been fucking Batman Beyond. That's my my gripe, and this is such a dumb, nerdy gripe, but my gripe with the Paragons is how six of them are people we just see all the time every week. They really should have grabbed fucking Jonah Hex. Like, they yeah. They should have grabbed people from all over. Uh, not just like... I do like that when we, when we see who the seven are, it's six people that everyone's like, that makes sense. Sure, that makes sense. And just... A dude, and they're like, who the fuck is that? He's not one of us.
1: Yeah. I do like the balls, though, if we can get to the Jonah Hex cameo real quick, where uh, it's Jonathan Schick, uh, our, one of our favorite actors. Um, he was in needer. He's been in this, uh, the Arrowverse before. Um a pre scar Jonah Hex comes up and says, Ladies, I'm gonna rape you. And they're like, No, you're not and then they cut the scar into his face. Yeah. That was a little more hardcore than I expected <laughs> the arrowverse to be. Yeah. And, and I think it would be Sarah Lance to be the one who's like, Fuck you. Yeah, well,
2: she yeah, she's so she's met him before. And also I do like that. She's like, I guess you're supposed to get the skirt no matter what universe you're in and like even if you, you made that happen, Sarah. Even
1: if you weren't, I'm still gonna do it. But <laughs> yeah. at least time is on my side. Yes, it is. Time is on my side. Uh, the, the next question
0: is the CW is clearly propping up Car and Kate to replace like Barry and Ollie as like the, mm. the, the the new super friendship. How's it doing? How's that working for you
1: guys? I don't think that they're as outwardly opposite in interesting right. ways like Barry and Ollie were. Like it, it used to be like uh, Chiseled Veteran and Fanboy. If there was like a lot of Wolverine, you know how Wolverine yeah. always just had like a young girl <laughs> around yes. him at all times, which is whatever. And we never
2: thought it was problematic. <laughs> yeah, it was, he was o- grooming them like Drake does. It was always
1: fine. Her name Eleven, but she looks sixteen. But that that sort of creates rapport. Also, Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell are good at that. I know that Melissa Benoist is. We have we have mixed feelings on Ruby Rose, I'll say right now. Yeah. Um, I, I I love Kara in this and I think
0: her attitudes throughout everything, I'm I'm like I'm buying. I think it's Ruby Rose lit's this friendship down. Yes. Like I think I th- and I think and you're right, she's not different enough from Kara because Kara has dipped into being kind of a bummer sometimes.
2: But uh, yeah, Kara's uh, uh, arc and it's not like one clear arc, it's like up and down, up and down. I'm buying all of it because Melissa Benoist is selling all of it. And Ruby Rose, I think the big arc is supposed to be, I'm not angry anymore, because I saw it like, Bruce is her terrible future, if she keeps being like, this angry vengeance field, but she just, anytime Kara's talking about their friendship, I'm like, yeah, they are the best friends, and then Ruby Rose tries, I'm like, oh.
1: <laughs> Which we've all had that friendship, where one comes a little in yeah. a little stronger than the other, but <laughs> what they had down before, and they might get it, I don't remember the first time uh, Ollie and Barry met, and maybe it was worse than I remember it, but... What they don't have right now is Kara is funny when uh, around Ruby when she does blank. Mm. What's what's Ruby Rose's character's name? Kate. Kate. Kate Kate. Kara is funny when she's around Kate because of blank. And Kate is funny around uh, Kara because of blank. And right now, it's sort of just two straight men. Yes. You know? Ollie's straight man with uh, Barry was funny because of Barry. And, like, it all worked together. Right. This is... Not there yet.
0: In this situation, it should be that Kara is the overly, like, over-the-top, like, bubbly, affectionate one. But she's mostly just like, I'm just, like, understanding. And we're both, like, going through some stuff,
1: and it's fine. Like, that's not... That's maybe good friendship, but it's not fun to watch. And then, uh, I I guess the big stakes here are, one, if they don't get this together, then the CW doesn't have their Barry and Ollie. But two, um, Kate has kryptonite. And that's sort of representative of... Batman going from very thoughtful, very like uh, strategic superhero to uh, cuckoo bananas and uh, against his friends. And the w- I love the way that they handle it here, where they both just flip it back and forth. Like, no, you, no, you, no, you know what? It's you keep it. No, no you keep it. Now
0: you, you, you take this. This is fun.
2: I did want to so the, the, going back to Kevin Conroy real quick because he didn't do great, but his. Right before he dies, basically, and she gets that kryptonite from him, there was one speech he had, and he's talking about the code and his delivery of "You start with a code, you hang on to it with every self righteous breath." I did feel like you could hear thirty years of him playing Batman, yeah, and be like, "I get to play this bitter, angry version of Batman," and he sold that line way more than it should have been sold.
0: Yeah, I think I think he did a lot with what he was provided and was able to do, um, but now. We're moving on to the third and final episode of this chunk of Crisis, The Flash. On this week's episode of The Flash, a.k.a. part three of Crisis, all hope is lost. Oliver fucking died and then got Lazarus pitted back to life as a maniac. Worlds are exploding left and right. There's no Ryan Choi. What's a super team to do? They split up again, with half of them going to convince some guy named Ryan Choi he'd make a sweet-ass paragon, with the other half going to figure out how to save Oliver's soul. Meanwhile, the Flash finds his dad, who is on a space-time treadmill, and then Black Lightning comes to help Power Stuff. It all ends with the seven Paragons, or at least six of them and Lex Luthor, at the vanishing point, the only place where antimatter can't find you. TasteBuds, I ask you this. Is this catastrophe seem like too much, or does it seem grounded? In other words, crisis, infinite or earthed?
1: Mm, not your best work there, bud. <laughs> wish, you, uh, wish you would ask that differently.
2: Uh, I, it, which one means it's good? Infinite? <laughs> uh, up
1: to you to to describe.
2: What what's what I think is working so well in these three episodes is that there's they're balancing all the little side adventures pretty well and keep smashing different characters together. There's the big general arc of fight the crisis, but then having Lex Luthor as a secondary villain fucking shit up is awesome. Yeah, and John Cryer plays such a perfect smarmy, punchable fucking motherfucker you want to kill.
1: That's the thing is that uh. Anti Monitor or the antimatter, whatever you want to call it, like the top villain, yeah. is so overpowering and almost like animalistic. It's just like I, I gotta destroy. I don't know what to tell you. I just gotta do it. That's me. Uh, so you can't have Lex Luthor be like the another Thanos. So yeah. instead, he's that fucking awful dweeb in high school oh, that man. wanted to hang out but ruined everything a, he was ever. A fucking
0: at. Pete Buttigieg, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, if dude. I've ever yeah, seen one,
1: smirk. he he uh, comes like
2: he the, com- like, the, the, the pettiness. The pettiness of he steals the book of destiny. Also, there's like the book of guardians and somebody calls out. They're like, that's a lot of magic books we have to deal with right now. But he steals it while all the universe is ending just so he can kill Superman one by one over and over and over.
1: Listen, that is his hobby and he has uh, (laughs) access to the tools to complete it. Also, the rules are if you're Superman and you kill every Superman, then you get that Superman's powers. He doesn't get that. He stays the exact same amount of powerful just with Mm -hmm. that fucking face and the way he says shit. Oh, God. Uh, how did you guys feel about the,
0: in my opinion, biggest old cami of the whole the whole shebang?
1: Our boy Lucy was he in this? He yes yeah. on uh, what is known as Earth six six six, which means yep. the entire uh, fucking planet is named after this one character. Oh, uh, yes,
0: uh, I I was so excited because I I don't pay attention to the internet anymore, uh, and I this had not been spoiled for me at all. Uh, and he showed up and I was like, "Oh. It's my it's my beautiful boy. My beautiful golden boy. He has arrived in this dark and dire time."
1: Now, he was wearing pants and we weren't looking at his naked butt. That was a bummer. Yeah. But bum. Ah, but I I didn't expect for them to be able to pull
0: that off just because I felt like he was whole, an entirely different network and now he's
1: on like Netflix or whatever and they just don't they don't hang out. I, I sort of love uh, whatever that word is when like businesses can do this with each other. Maybe if it was still on Fox, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I think if it was still on Fox, they would have been like, fuck off. But like, I could just see the showrunner or the owner of Lucifer being like, hey, Netflix, we want to do this. And like, I don't, Fine, I don't yeah. care. Get out of my office. Like, What are you doing? <laughs> I got paperwork. Yeah, Netflix will like, well, say, whatever. Uh, we have servers.
0: I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that uh, that was, I
1: think, the highlight of... Uh, maybe of all of crisis as far as the like over plotted thing it obviously is like yes we weren't going in here thinking like is this going to be like a simple to follow streamlined thing uh it's fucking nuts but one as i get older i sort of realized to just uh zone out when that happens oh yeah like at one point uh ray not superman brandon routh yes. but ray brandon routh is building a paragon finder yep and, and it seemed <laughs> like it was their sixth conversation about this machine he's building and I think I, I just zoned out for the first five because I don't care Who no cares? I, Who don't, cares?
0: I don't I uh, don't well I don't think that they ever mentioned that up to then he's like hey I'm b- I built the paragon finder hey a- by the way and, uh, hey. they
2: did mention it it's what Ray was doing the whole time okay well
0: maybe they offhandedly mentioned it but Mike you have to admit there's so much fucking going
1: on
2: yeah, it's the Riverdale method of storytelling, and it works. I'd so much rather have too much. Plot oh yeah. than have to deal with like you said, Jimmy Olsen's crush on some fucking That's, intern. I, that like, would be
1: an entire episode. That would be forty-four minutes spent on nothing. And the other two. I
0: want to be clear. That was not a criticism of of the mm. show. I enjoyed the fact that they were just like, "Fuck it, we're going hundred miles an hour because we have too much to do and we can't slow down or we'd die like a shark."
1: The other thing, too, about watching this is it's a lot like one of those parties that you throw where, like, you just look around the room and your third cousin is talking to a kid you played basketball with in eighth grade. Oh, man. And you just run around and you get, like, sort of glimpses of all these conversations but need no, like, conclusion or to spend any more time in it than, like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, I better go because it might get not interesting. And then you just run and hit all of them that you can.
0: Yeah, it's like you're talking to an alternate universe Superman. You're like, oh,
1: Diggle's here now. Like, it's just, everything's just a mishmash, and you're like, yeah, cool. This is, it's all happening. The other crazy thing, too, about these uh, cameos is uh, most of them, like, they got the people back. Like, did we talk about Birds of Prey? Have you guys ever oh. seen an episode of that? Nope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Mike, you were a very special Mike when that show was on, so that's not surprising. <laughs> uh, but they just got the actress back. For um, yeah. Flash's dad, or for that. World's Barry, who's on the treadmill, which is an actual thing from the comic. Yep, he has to run on this space time treadmill. Um, when he was about to explode, we went back to the actual '90s CBS that was flash dope flash drama. That was uh,
0: honestly uh, how I don't. I will open this up now as a question to the two of you uh, about how you are feeling. But I feel like they're nailing Crisis.
2: They're crushing it. It's so fucking good. I fucking love this week. Like I,
0: I, I expected it to be dumb, but like
1: I, I was watching it, and I was like. I think this is good. This is, They're killing it. It's definitely dumb. Yes. But it's much closer to yes. Fast and the Furious dumb that we love as opposed right. to Last Man Standing with Tim Allen dumb, which is yes. uh, it's, full it's, of hate.
0: It's dumb, but it still makes me feel things, which is weird.
1: That's the surprising part. I, th- I knew they'd be like, oh,
2: that was cool. Oh, that was cool moments. Uh, but the fact that they could hit emotionally. And like, I didn't really watch the 90s no. Flash show, but they've used that scene, and we've spent enough time with this version of Henry Barry Allen. I was like,
1: oh, was oh, like, oh, He's going to die that. buddy. You went full John Travolta on that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, my oh, God. God, Sandy. Oh. Uh, so now that we are wrapping up uh, this section of th- these three episodes of Crisis, how are you guys feeling about overall how they're doing? And are you upset that you have to wait a whole
1: month to watch more? Yes. Le-
2: yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't want to fucking do holidays with friends and yeah. family. I just want to watch more. Because they
1: probably right didn't now, watch it. Shit. So what the fuck am I going to talk to them about? Yeah. yeah Marriage story? I don't care. Uh, uh,
2: well, what I think is working so well of them doing it is it's not just the big over. There's really little moments. And we don't do moments a the week in these main segments. But I want to call out two because they're both head nods when – Jefferson comes into the world, and him and Diggle are standing in the circle of everybody. They both look around, see they're the only two black guys, and do a head nod. That was super subtle and funny. And then right before everybody's gonna die, but the Paragons, Iris and Tyler Hochlin, Superman look at each other and do like a very "I respect you" head nod. And that worked super well. Fuck yeah, little subtle. Super head well. Nods. What did you
1: think about Diggle? Um, says hey to Black Lightning, says I'm Diggle, and Black Lightning's like, wait, hold on. They don't make you call yourself Black Diggle. That seems unfair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shit. all right well uh now we are going to wrap up the
0: uh section of crisis by doing a little thing called crisis crisis Christ crisis so you guys know that we do a, a an award show called the, the
1: Shushies. well what if it was what if it was crisis how about the Earthies? How about the Earthies? No, because that's like giving rewards to hippies.
0: Yeah, we don't want to give awards to those people. A bunch of participation trophies to a bunch of snowflakes.
1: Do you want to take a break and then figure out what the name of this segment is?
0: Yeah, let's take a break and then we'll figure out what the name of Crushes is. (laughs) Now we're doing an award show that we have just, on the break, decided is called the Errerskers.
1: Don't say we, Taylor. That was all you that thought of that. And it's really amazing. It's
0: the Errerskers. And this is a section of the show where we just go through the Crisis on Infinite Earths and we give away a couple of awards based on our own reactions. Ryan?
1: That are not going to Doom Patrol? Is that what I understand?
0: You know what? Doom Patrol, not eligible for this one because we had to create a separate award show that they were not eligible for. Yeah, what's our first one? Do you want me to do wanna lead? You know what? If you if you would, I'm gonna give it over to you. I've been doing a lot of
1: talking. The Ariskers are uh, of course, named after the Aeroverse, and that's Ollie. So we're gonna start off with Ollie's gotta Ollie. Um Oliver Queen always has to be Oliver Queen. When was he the most Ollie? Mike, what moment are you gonna give this to?
2: It's hard not to. This was like shown a little in the trailers uh if you're like me and you have to consume every bit of information about this before you actually just sit down and watch it but it it truly is the the monitor is removing everybody because he's like oh wait we're all gonna die i gotta save you guys for the real fight and Ollie, he's, they're trying to save billions of people. And Ollie's like, has the planet been evacuated, waited yet? And the space god says, not entirely. He goes, then it isn't time to leave. <laughs>
0: that Okay. And he
2: saved a billion people's lives. He saved a
0: billion
1: people's lives. And yeah, that is the Ollie's got to Ollie moment of the entire shebang. Okay, so that's yours, Taylor? Too? Yes. Uh, it is also mine. You guys both have to do a shot of Southern Comfort because you agreed. Sorry about that. I uh, love I love Southern Comfort. Mine is three, Smooth. three minutes after that because um, then he just dies. Right. Yep. He gets murdered. Yep. Everybody else leaves left. I don't even know why there's shadow, ghost demons uh, fighting them. I didn't fully understand that either, but it happened. But do you know? Like, did one planet crash into another one?
2: So no, it's so this is like let's take the time and so, so the anti monitors plan is to sometimes send waves of shadow ghost demon things sometimes, but he created an engine that's making this wave go through, and they're like, if you stop the engine all Earths will blow up at once. So this guy is sadistic enough that he wants them to die in fear one by one because a real guy who wants all the planets to go would want them all to go away at once.
1: That's pretty dope. Okay, so mine is a couple minutes later. Uh, he was right. Ollie does die. Yeah. But uh, before he dies, he is on the table. And Ollie's got to Ollie so hard that uh, he's about to die, and he's basically, like, punch drunk. Yeah. Uh, he sees the black clouds are coming, and he's still, like, uh, barking order. He's like, hey. You to like the, because it saved the world, right? Like, and just he, even he can't just say, hey, I love you all, or you know what, fuck this, I'm out. He's still like, my name is Stephen Oliver Queen, and I think that you guys should do this. He does, he delivers
0: like a 10 minute speech on on the dying room table where,
2: And, and had the gall to not end it with, I have to become something else. Dead.
1: And has classic uh, movie makeup for like a boxing movie? Yeah. Like uh, all the Death Shadow demons I mean, all punched him in I the face with boxing gloves.
2: Ah, patch me up, Louie.
1: <laughs> it's not over, just give me something to drink. All right. Our next Risk award, me. and this is probably the most important award, uh, Mike, is best guest star. Who killed the best guest star?
2: There was so there were so many ones. Uh, I don't know, and I will submit it to the board for this, Arrowsker, but I think nobody bumblefucks like Clark Kent like Brandon fucking Routh. Yeah, and does that even count as guest star? I think
1: so, and we didn't even talk about the, him that much because Kevin Conroy sort of took over. But uh, seeing Brandon Routh back in those duds, um, and then having him try to do try to not be Ray Palmer. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'll take that. Yeah, uh, that was enjoyable.
0: My for my money. I gotta go with my boy Lucy. I do too. This is the correct yeah. answer. Yeah. It's, it was so nice. It's like, because he has just an attitude that is so different from everyone else in that universe that it was just so refreshing. I just I enjoyed
1: seeing him. There's a couple of things that are working for him here. One, we like to show Lucifer. Yes. Uh, two, he's the only one that really like helps out with plot. Yeah. You know, like everybody else is like, uh, oh, holy crimson skies or whatever, and then they die. But uh, Constantine, which is dope to see Constantine and yeah. Lucifer together. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to him because they need help getting Ollie's soul back into Ollie. And it's all... Three, it's also classic Lucifer. When they open the door, he's about to hook up with two girls and then immediately hits on Oliver's daughter. Yeah. That's yeah. our Lucifer, baby. Oh, Lucy. Uh, what's our next one? Our next one is... Because <laughs> we can't talk about the CW without cringe, right? So, Mike, what's our cringiest moment?
2: I have I have a tie. And it's uh, Sarah and Mia in the I, – I think they have a, numerous versions of this conversation. But uh, it's them talking about how they both love Oliver. And one is saying we should just let him stay Dad. Sarah and Mia is like, he's my dad. Who the fuck are you? And it's like, bitch, I don't know the, his best friend for 20 years. Like, it was so cringy and arguing who loves somebody more. Uh-huh. And the worst is Barry mansplaining how to be a hero to Iris uh, in the third episode – and he tells her that it's her intelligence and resourcefulness that makes her a hero. So she has to go get Ryan Choi. And he's still like, he's trying to be like, everybody's doing their own job. But he's still, as a husband, being like, wife, this is your job right now. And it drove me nuts. This is mine,
1: too. It's uh, We talked about how, you know, it wasn't a Supergirl episode and they did a good job. But, but like, it, the flash is the flashiest. And I get how, like, that should be the part where we. Uh, Cisco comes in and Killer Frost comes in. But Ollie, who I've. What I've read has just become a tertiary character on his own show this season um gives these speeches and he thinks he's Joe or Ollie and right. isn't and it's always so insulting. Yeah, um for my money I think it's the uh
0: the Bat- batwoman reveal. Like for, I it just felt so weird and hollow to me. She's like Car was like I trust all these people with my life and Kate was like well I guess I can show everyone my real face. Oh yeah. Here we yeah. go. It, like that was just such a. It, it felt like such the writers just putting uh, an ability for Kate to reveal herself to everyone, so that they didn't have to keep her in the mask the entire
1: time. And it's so unrealistic for those of you listening who have ever uh, been wearing a wig and tried to pull it off in a dramatic moment. It's not that cool. Like no. it's some of it's in your face, some of it's stuck to your hair. Like it doesn't look as cool Split as that. Your yes. Nose. Yeah. They, With they, a rubber hose, they really hung a lantern on that bad boy. Your final award. Maybe this is the biggest one is our oh shit moment when we were watching a entire crossover. And we were like, uh, we said something like, um, oh shit, oh shit. Mike, when did you shit?
2: I shat a bunch of times because my stomach's not great, but it hasn't been. I'm annoyingly tapped in the internet. I knew most of the cameos. Lucifer lied and said he was like, no, that the weekend they wanted me, I was going to, I'm, I'm at a wedding. He was at a wedding that was next to where they were filming. Uh, I did not expect that at all and I
1: freaked out. Hardcore, uh, Tom Ellis lied, by the way. Tom, not Lucifer. But, no, the
2: devil always also,
1: lies. Also, Lucifer lied. I guess that's true. The
2: greatest lie the devil ever told was, I can't be in this
1: crossover.
0: Taylor, oh shit moment. Um, I, think, uh, I think that's probably my number one, but my number two was honestly the fact that Black Lightning showed up. That's
1: mine!
0: It Honestly, I was like, wait, what? I, I didn't anticipate it because they just have so divorced him from
1: the rest of the universe. I was like, oh, shit. I th- yeah. I, I mean, I, I had heard. I knew that he was going to pop up. I knew that Crisis was going to do something in his episode this week. But I thought that I was out of cameo shock. You know, I yeah. thought I was out of reaction power. And when he came on and he was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, it still it still was effective. And also, that part had my moment of the all three episodes. Uh, Tom Kavanaugh is playing somebody called Pariah. Yep. And I'm not totally sure what that means. But, uh, uh, Black Lightning comes out and he's like, "What the fuck is going on?" And Pariah is like, "There's multiple worlds, okay? They're all crashing together." <laughs> and he, I think he tried to do it in like a sort of supervillain superhero sort of way, like explaining. But at that point, he and has told that story so many times. We've heard that story so many yeah. times. That's how it came off. It's like <laughs> Black Lightning, just shut the fuck up and God, go over there, listen, dude.
0: I know that we don't include you in these things, but this is what's happening. Watch the PowerPoint. We can't go through this again. Listen, this is how the world works. We haven't addressed that for you yet. Uh, well, thank you for tuning in for the Ariskers. Uh, this has been your host, Mr. Ali Queen, and I'm going to die now. Farewell, fair listener. Oh, wait,
1: we didn't even talk about the fact that he's the Spectre now? That's how he's getting kicked out of the Arrowverse? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's the Spectre. He's the Spectre now.
0: Um, uh, uh, James Bond, Spectre. Uh, now we're going to move on to the pull list and talk about every other show that didn't cross over with other shows this week. Well, let's talk about them as if they did. Okay. Now we're here in the pull list as a part of the show where we're talking about every other show that came out this week that's about comic book, comic book property that we have to talk about for the show. This week, we're kicking it off with Watchmen. This week on Watchmen... With only one episode to go, the Penelope episode is dedicated to yet more flashbacks focusing on Dr. Manhattan, revealing how he became Dr. Hatton and met Angela, as well as how Adrian Veidt ended up on Europa and how eggs work before getting disintegrated by 7K ray guns. Taste Buds, I ask you this. With only one episode to go, Will the show be able to land the plane and give us all the Lube Man content we crave? Okay. <laughs> so what you're really asking is will we get an hour-long origin story of Lube Man? I, listen, everyone else has gotten an origin story. Mm-hmm. I want my origin story for Lube Man.
2: Yeah. So we end with an hour of Lube Man, and then come back next season if you want to end the actual story we've been watching the last nine weeks. Yeah, Abe
1: Lube Man. Uh, <laughs> I, that's a good question Taylor it's important to ask because I I read that the finale was super long and it' like, good because they need it Yes, and I read it's 68 minutes instead of 60 so no I I it feels like you guys are gonna need four hours yeah, but it,
0: I feel like there is going to be I think if they end this after one season because I don't think there's any news about season two right there's only news that
1: he doesn't want to do it and it's really hard
0: right <laughs> I, I I think if they end this after this one season it will be. One of those things that is the my my perfect thing, which is I loved every moment of this, and I wish that there was so much more, and I'm glad that there isn't.
2: Well, it could be like the comeback, like HBO more than any other service has done this before, where it's like whatever you want to do, creators. So in five years, he's like, I know what the second season is. Yeah, that's awesome. Just give us good shit,
1: unless it's True Detective. And then they'll say, no, we need it right now, even though you're clearly not ready. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I do appreciate that, though, because
0: they've, they've announced, like he said in interviews, that they've been coming to him to do this show for like 10 years, and he was just like, no, I don't want to do it. And then finally he figured out a way to do it, and he's like, oh, yeah, this will be really good. And so, yeah, just take your time. If you figure out a new
1: way to do it some more, do it again. Here's the thing, though, about this episode, and with only with one episode left, it's hard just to not think about that the entire time you're watching. Uh-huh. Until this episode sort of takes you away. And I think that with most shows, and again, Watchmen is not most shows, You, this is always your second and last episode because you, you're you like, oh, we have our big buildup, we have our big battle, now we have to do fucking schmaltzy shit in the, the week before. Yeah. And watching this episode, and watching John and Angela uh, go through their entire relationship, basically, in a way that is montage like all other romance movies, but with a twist where this is how it would have to be for this story. Yeah. It made me sort of realize that uh, this is the last episode, that whatever we get from here, whatever battle, whatever like resolutions uh, is just gravy. Yeah. Everybody else is like, well, we have to do this. This is what we've been building up to. This has all been a story about a girl and a boy and all the stuff that went along with them falling in love and making a life or a decade together.
0: Yeah, honestly, but but I do think that there is a lot of, extraneous stuff that I want some fucking answers to. Like, what the fuck is up? Like, where is where is my good friend Looking Glass? Like, what the
1: fuck is... How is Gene Smart going to handle this? I just... I, I, I gave that whole thing about how wonderful and romantic and magical this episode was, and you just... You moved directly on to what you hope is in the next episode? I don't want to talk about that at oh, all. But, but, I, but I loved this
0: episode, but I, 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 it seemed like you were saying this is all we need, and this is not all
1: that we need. I think like, no. I think we want more. I don't think we need well, any more. No, I and think I need is, more. Is,
2: is a show, is it is a plot, or is it emotion? I think emotionally, this episode could, if you wanted to do, let it do it, recontextualize the entire series and say, this has always been about this love story, and yeah. the way we interact with each other has ripples that we don't even realize, because stuff he said on that first night they met is why Judd Crawford died. Yeah. Like, and it's just all how you interact with each other. But you're saying, "No, give me more lube, man." Now. Well, no,
0: I'm I'm not even saying give me more lube, man. Like if we want to talk about the emotional stuff, I need her closure with her grandfather. Like that stuff mm-hmm. is stuff that I still need. I think that this was an incredible episode and I really enjoyed it front to back and I I this is maybe my favorite show of all time. But I still need I need a little bit more and then if you leave me wanting more after that,
1: I think I will be totally fine. Like, I, d- I think I don't want them to make a season two of this show. It's, I mean, it's hard to fight off. It's hard to, like, decide what amount of your brain needs it so bad and what part of your brain thinks it'll be better if there isn't a season two. Yeah. Um, can we talk real quick, and I understand that writing a screen, like, dialogue in a screenplay, a perfect screenplay, is such a small, small thing. Dialogue is not that important. Um, but the table at the bar or the restaurant, yeah. yeah, this is a thing that like if you you have to be able to write this or don't write anything. Yeah, and what we have here, just John and Angela sitting there, uh, reminded me of such old school stuff, and it reminded me of back in the day where uh, like the girl wasn't uh, there, like wasn't just a piece of meat or like uh, a reason for the plot to move on, and the boy wasn't like that brash limp biscuit listening to. Don Imus loving guy, but this reminded me of like old school nineteen thirties nineteen forties movies here. Yeah, this I th- mm-hmm. this scene I think is a throwback and a good extension of the th- the the most famous dinner table scene of our lifetime. What the Social Networks first scene was parodying, what yeah, what uh, Jesse Eisenberg thought he was being, but was not at all. And watching right. their dynamic, I guess that's such a big part of why I would be okay if there was no next episode it's this is what i've been missing from like old school hollywood movies right here
2: yeah definitely like the screwball comedy style back and forth without being like a kevin smith tarantino injected version of it like it's they're zippy but it's laid back they both have like clear goals and aren't getting along necessarily the perfect
1: example of over scripted but incredibly organic Mm-hmm. Which uh, typically, what we have is just the over-scripted part. You know, like we can we can see Kevin Smith's characters, and really so many directors uh, reading cue cards. But this right. is listening and talking. But they uh, we have the benefit, and they have the benefit of having writers that are giving them incredible lines. Right,
2: and and there's little things that like Manhattan is unnerved by Angela, even though he knows everything that's going to happen. Like you can feel the love and wonder in his voice while they're talking while he's also like don't be weird and tell her you're in love with her already all of that really came I through. mean yeah
1: I think that you can make the argument that the first 7 episodes uh, was just making it so when Dr. Manhattan's a god says I'm in love with Angela we're like yeah no, yeah, we get that, it. we that, are too uh-huh. that makes sense yeah uh
0: absolutely because I I would die for her uh not not just Angela but Regina King it's just incredible I I really it makes sense why like, Angela is so, like, uh, like uh Dr. Manhattan of God would be obsessed with her, because Regina King has been fucking nailing every aspect of this character, and every, like, and I think it's important that we've gone like, four straight episodes at this point of just flashbacks pretty much just detailing Angela's ancestors or her life, because this episode comes and we're like, actually, yeah, I get it.
1: Or we're saying um, that storyline um, was great, A plus. I've never seen anything like that on TV. Didn't have Angela, why not? Like now it's now it's minus because there was no Regina King. Yeah,
0: it it is uh, insane to me that it has been like Looking Glass. The first half of the season was like one of the major characters, and we have not seen him in four episodes. Like he had his one episode, and we have not seen him since.
2: I think that shit's on purpose, especially, like, leaning into what Lindelof does and trying to predict what next episode is. There's no way he isn't under one of those worship right. masks, and he's trying to stop it from the I inside. mean, just Lou
1: Man, you could see uh, a director's cut scene where Lube Man slides under that, like, super thing, gets the bottom, high-fives Lindelof, because now everyone's going to be talking about him, yeah. and then we never see him again.
0: I, I honestly, I can't decide which I would want more, an entire episode, next episode, dedicated to Lube Man. Or no one addresses it. We never get a single answer. He was just there for one scene. Uh, But unfortunately, we are out of time to talk about Watchmen. I know. Mike, moment of the week.
2: What this episode uh, did really, really well, other than giving us Regina King and her backstory, is Adrian Veidt hasn't always been a piece of shit. There was a small period in the middle where he was kind of a good guy. Uh, not my moment of the week. It's just dumb that we didn't talk about it. And there was a post credit scene, and it was fucking Yeah, crazy.
0: if you didn't see the post credit uh, scene, you guys got to watch the post credit scene. Okay,
1: so I haven't been missing those this entire time.
0: No, it was just this episode. No, I
2: freaked out about that, too.
1: I, yeah, I freaked out, but so I just I, happened to see when the credits came on that there was, like, eight minutes left. Yes.
2: Uh, I have two moments of the week. One is Adrian telling Dr. Manhattan that he's wearing blackface and that's not okay yep. anymore. And that legit made me laugh. Uh... And then the line at the di- at the table when they're meeting, and she said, "We just met. When the fuck did you fall in love with me?" She she delivers those lines better than anybody in the biz.
1: Ryan, moment of the week. My moment of the week. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, one, everybody's talking about why didn't Doctor Manhattan like punch the guy with the big laser gun that killed him. Yeah. Um, but I think it's very important to note that uh, the reason that Doctor Manhattan is dead is not because of the necessarily because of the laser gun, but it's because of Angela. If yeah. Angela had not gone out there to protect her husband because of love, then he wouldn't have had to go out there right. and then he wouldn't have died. He knew all of this, and that's why he loved her. It sort of makes the love stupid but stronger, which I guess that's what love is all about. Uh two, I I love Dr. Manhattan. Like, we don't understand how why gods are so like petulant and stupid and just make it what you want. Um, I love Dr. Manhattan being on Earth in the comic book and saying, like, fuck this shit. This is stupid. I'm going to Mars. And then uh, he instead decides to, because humans are dumb, he's going to create his own paradise, his own Garden of Eden, gets there. This is everything you wanted, right? Nope. Fuck this shit. This is stupid. I hate this. this I'm going to put somebody (laughs) lesser than me there. But my actual moment of the week is the audacity, the balls, for the uh, music supervisors of this episode to only have songs that have the word blue in it. Because I swear, every to God. time he walked around blue, there was a blue song going on. I Not a blue song, a <laughs> yep. song that had the word a blue. Song that had
0: the word blue. The the amount of attention to detail that they put into that shit makes me love them so much. Uh, my moment of the week is uh, speaking of the songs. Uh, when uh, he says your favorite song is about to come on, and Kim's like, she's like, I've never heard this song in my fucking life. And he's like, it's called the tunnel or love or whatever, and it's now your favorite song.
2: I. I what a good pickup line! That's so fucking good. I, I want to be single and go to a bar just so I could say the next song is your favorite, and then we have. Did to he learn that,
1: like that move from that crazy haired guy who teaches dudes how to pick up on chicks? Yeah, the, uh-huh. the art of the game. All right. Well, well, wait, and we're just gonna move on and not talk about Cal's hog. No, oh yeah. By. Okay, guys. <laughs> what a hog. Jesus.
2: That's last week. I said they were cowards for not showing us that big blue dong, and they heard our. Christmas they heard and, and they and were like, They're they like, you weren't
1: ready. You absolutely weren't ready. <laughs> Uh, shout that's out. a dick straight from the sand if <laughs> I've ever seen one
0: uh, Watchmen is on HBO on Sunday nights there's only one episode left if you haven't watched this show by now what the fuck are you doing listening just to just watch this? the finale no absolutely do not do that watch the whole show it's very good your next show this week is V Wars
2: this week on V Wars Michael continues to prowl for victims while Luther struggles with the traumatic loss and painful accusations also Kaylee makes a connection taste buds I ask you this Is even just watching the Arrowverse shows nerdy enough for casual viewers to be able to deal with the insanity of Crisis?
1: Um, No. No, I think that... Well, yeah, because that's Taylor, right? Like, we watch way more than Taylor. I don't know if if Mm -hmm. this is your first time in the Arrowverse. If it's...
2: Not first time in the Arrowverse, but I'm just saying, like, if somebody's just like, I'm a fan of Flash and Supergirl, like, the comics are so nerdy, and the shows do a pretty good job at, like, skirting around this, this... Crisis is insane. I think, that
1: the, I think that what they're doing a good job, this is the best job so far of doing, is like old school, like Secret Wars, like the comic book crisis, like all of the crossovers is, I'm going to come to this because I'm a Spider-Man fan and I might leave buying Thor comics. And this is the, this is the best they've ever done it, saying, I think I'm going to watch Legends and Batwoman. Which everyone should do uh, with one of those. V
0: Wars is on Netflix. Your next show this week is Black Lightning.
2: This week on Crisis Chapter Two and a Half, Jen's powers is mixed with a wave of antimatter from our other shows and face her in and out of realities. The Jen we're used to meets an imprisoned Jen and an evil Jen in a nega realm, and they talk about their different worldviews. Tasty Ryan asks you this. How does this episode work as a companion piece to Crisis, and how does it work as a standalone?
1: Amazingly, on both. Uh, this is another comic book thing where uh, you would put the title of the crossover at the top, but barely deal with it. There would be one panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, what they do is they have red skies at dawn, and then the show goes on, and then they have red skies at night, and then Black Lightning goes into fight. Uh, but the middle, <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> the middle is all—is it Nissa? Jen. huh.
2: Nissa's the. Sorry, older what's dog. her
1: name? Jen, Jen. has uh, gets into this meeting, this like sort of dream world meeting with three other Jens. And to see all, it's, so it's basically uh, a Christmas Carol, right? Like she gets a ghost of Christmas past, present, and future because of the red skies. And instead of just throwing it in the background, we get to know Jen better, who is the best part of the show. She's the best actress and best character. Uh, and then also, none of them are good, bro. Like each storyline is a different way of like how being black sucks in a way that I did not think that the CW was ready to tackle.
2: Yeah, it's, I know early on when when Black Lightning first came out, we are like, oh, fuck, this show's great. It is The Wire. And then we're, we fell off on it like we fall off on a lot of shows. And now I'm like, yeah, fuck. Yeah, for sure. I think we fucked up for not continuing with the show for years. It, this was one of the... If it wasn't Crisis and Watchmen was around, this would be the best episode of television. Honestly. This episode
1: did two of the most important things, which is one, Gamby, go over there, say as little as possible. And two, um, the other thing that we talked about was Jefferson and his ex-wife, Um, are always on again, off again. And now we had the daughter saying like, what the fuck is that? That's so boring. And then we, and then otherwise we got great TV, like really compelling TV. This back in the day of superhero hour hour, we used to rank the shows. I mean, Watchmen came out this week, but other than that, I think this was my number one episode.
2: It was so good.
1: Uh, moments of the week.
2: Uh, the, she gave a line. She like, our Jan is talking to purely evil Jen. And she's like, How much too is too much power? And she's like, There's no such thing. She's like, It's too much when you think it's okay to kill your entire family. That's a great comic book line, man. And yeah. it's right.
1: That's too much. That power. is also my line and I loved or my moment of the week and I love the balance of serious and comedy. Like this is exactly what the CW should be doing. Is yeah, I said that line. It's it's the thing that Riverdale's both has the highest floor and highest ceiling. Or lowest floor and highest ceiling? Yeah. Um. The, the mixture of, yeah, I said that line, but it's also funny, was perfect. Uh, you should stop being a villain when you kill your whole family is funny and a fact. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Black Lightning is on the CW. I guess tune in and watch it now. Your next show this week is The End of the Fucking World. On the sixth episode of the second season of The End of the Fucking World, Alyssa decides it's time to go back home and say sorry to all the people she fucked over as a runaway bride. Mom's pissed. And jilted husband forgives her immediately and is ready to take her back. Meanwhile, James figures out at the last second of the episode that Bonnie was in love with a professor of hers and then realizes that Alyssa and Bonnie are alone in the restaurant. Uh-oh, taste buds, I ask you this. With only two episodes left in the series, are we decided that this threesome will not get together and fight crime?
2: I still think that's how it's going to end at the end. They're going to realize they're they're all weird and need each other and fight crime. And weird world.
1: people... Should be with weird people and not weird. Should be with not mm-hmm. weird.
2: That's what because I just,
1: yeah, Alyssa's mom and Alyssa's uh, jilted husband are husband? normal and boring, and uh, they fucking I guess normies. they belong together.
2: They belong. Oh, they've been fucking off screen
1: in uh, <laughs> Yeah, that is the porn hub of my dreams. Hey, all right. Moment of the week. My moment of the week, guys, is Jonathan Entwistle, which I think was the. Bassist for The Who? I think so, yeah. Also directed uh, and sort of co-created the show. And he has been tasked with rebooting the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger film series.
0: Fuck yeah, you guys!
1: So guys, just imagine a uh, MMPR movie with the tone of The End of the Fucking World.
2: I don't hate
0: you that. You guys, I do love that. Are now. they going to bring back the characters from the, the, the 2017 version? Oh, uh, I
1: the beloved the the beloved people would riot if they didn't bring back those characters
0: they've gotta bring back Billy from Stranger Things and the others uh The End of the Fucking World is on Netflix your next show this week is Daybreak
1: Daybreak
2: this week on Daybreak before the apocalypse hits Josh and Sam ditch school for a day naughty (sighs) naughties however their plan for romance and relaxation doesn't work out the way they expect Taylor, I ask you this. What is your best school ditch?
0: Um, I was a fucking nerd, so I never really ditched school. But uh, there was one day where I was in AP Chemistry, uh, and we told our, like, we sarcastically told our teacher, like, hey, we're going to go get donuts. You want us to pick a, pick you up anything? And she was like, oh, yeah, sure. Give me a chocolate donut. Like, not thinking we were doing anything. So we just fucking left, and we got in our cars, and we left school, and we went to the donut place, and we got donuts and brought them back. And, like, she somehow didn't notice that we were gone for a long time. And so when we provided her a donut, she was like, "Oh my god, you guys cannot tell anyone that you just did this. I will get in so much trouble. You are supposed to be doing work right now."
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys uh, thoughtfully, purposefully fucked up. She, like, she accidentally stepped into a bucket of fuck up, and like, yeah. did not want anybody to hear about that.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, do not tell anybody about that. Like, we had a security guard too, and I was like, in the car
1: buying well, donuts. Said, yeah, what? Yeah, well, that's yeah. They, they didn't. I yeah, have, have a they moment of the kids. week, real quick. What? Uh. Daybreak is on Netflix, Raising Dion was on Netflix, it's over now, but we forgot to talk about that Alicia Wainwright, the star of Raising Dion, was the girl that Justin Timberlake got busted with in France and almost got a divorce. The star of Raising Dion is now a star in a lot of other ways. Whoa, 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 look at that, Daybreak is on Netflix. Your next show this week is Stumptown. On this week's episode of Stumptown, Dex goes undercover as a high school substitute teacher, After a classmate of hers asked her to investigate who planted drugs on her daughter. Taste buds. uh, High school, Mike. (laughs) The worst kind of Mike. Taste buds, I ask you this. Is substitute teaching the single worst job ever invented?
2: Yeah, you you have no actual respect. The kids know you probably don't have expertise of the subject you're teaching and that you have no real power. So they can do things like leave school to get a pizza. Mike and I have
1: both dabbled in it. Taylor, yeah.
0: have you ever thought about it? Uh, not even for a moment. Have you seen me? Children would eat me alive.
1: <laughs> Alright, John Mulaney. I'm, I'm, calm I'm down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a very Mulaney, a Mulaney moment for me. Town is on ABC. Crazy, right? Your next show this week, and final show, guys, we made it, is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, Archie and the Sheriff take the law into their own hands for some reason. Cheryl finally burns Jason's body and locks her mom in the fuck bunker. Jughead meets his gramps and gets to write Baxter Brothers. Veronica loses her liquor license and Betty might be a sleeper agent who kills Jughead. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Do you think that was actually Juggy's grampy? Do I think
1: that it was his actual grampy? Yeah, why not? I don't think so. Absolutely no? not. No, I think that was a plan. I think Jughead is... Listen. Do you think that it was like a fern or a bush? Uh, no,
0: I think that this show is is not going to give us I think it would be very smart if they were like, oh, Jughead always sees a conspiracy everywhere, but there is none. I think that there is a fucking conspiracy and that this old fuck is killing all these other Baxter Brothers writers and this is
1: not his real grandfather and he hired a dude because when he goes back, the dude's not there. That is true. He's not there. It uh, was all a ploy. Uh, and I do like the fact that uh, the second that Jug admits that this is probably not a conspiracy, that's when it totally, definitely is. It absolutely is a conspiracy now. I didn't even think about that. I was just so stoked on the fact that, once again, the supernatural things that we thought were haunting Cheryl's house were not supernatural at all. It was Penelope proving, once again, that there's no supernatural on the show. Which is upsetting because, I've, as I've mentioned, I've started watching Nancy
0: Drew, and they are just straight up, ghosts are real, and they possess human beings. And why isn't that on Riverdale right now? Uh, but I want to talk about that Cheryl moment because Cheryl sits down on the couch next to her the, her brother's corpse and the puppet that is supposed to represent her consumed triplet brother in the womb uh, and li- sets off a bunch of roach bombs and delivers an out loud speech that's, that says, I'm going to commit suicide with these roach bombs. And her mother, listening in the walls, knows that that is how Cheryl talks enough that she's like, I'm convinced my my daughter's going to die. And then walks in and Cheryl is wearing a gas mask. I stood up at my couch and shouted at the TV.
1: A gas mask that was red, right? Like yes, she of went course. out and found, she found a, a very red specific gas mask. gas mask.
0: Or she went out and hand painted a regular one.
1: There's a couple of things going on here. One, <laughs> much like uh what's her name? Uh, President Burble. The uh yes. the shrink from a couple episodes ago. Yes. Uh, who is absolutely going to be the VHS person. Who uh, wants to uh, tell all the kids to get rid of their fucking awful parents. Um, Cheryl really took that to heart and said, you know what? How about I just gas and kill my mom? That's what we should do. What if we did that? But it's the calmness in talking that is super Michael Corleone and of Godfather all through Godfather 2. There's no more dramatics. There's no squealing and yelling and emotion. It's just calmly sitting on a couch saying... Uh, TT, I hope you're okay with this, but I'm a fucking madman. I'm a villain now. It's, I,
0: I. This was one of the first episodes that a person that I watched this with had ever seen. And she was like, and
1: this is this is her girlfriend? And this girlfriend is okay with all of this that's happening? But it, for, for TT, it's baby steps. Again, like the country dealing with Trump. Yeah. Tory has been going through like, well, this isn't that big of a deal until the point that she's at now yeah and she's like
0: it, it's fine if you talk to your dead brother's corpse it's whatever that's fine
1: I, I i there's not a person alive who i would who i'd ever lived through that with uh meanwhile we have veronica saying i know how to hurt Hiram. i'm calling grammy i call calling grammy and G- grammy goes in and screams <laughs> at Hiram. and i i was sort of liking the tete-a-tete that's been going on for a 25 episodes at this point. Yeah. Until Hiram handles the Grammy thing with saying, oh, I patented the rum and now it's just mine. And that's not clever. That's just what you should have done a long time ago. Right. And now I would like to move on from the storyline.
0: Yeah, uh, get rid of this fucking storyline. I don't give a shit. Veronica, you're not going to beat your
1: millionaire father in business. You're 17. Mike's Pornhub says that they should just kiss a little bit and then move on. I uh, Most...
2: I just Google that. I Google
0: that on Hub. Go, I it Google it works. on in there. Uh Ryan, we've got a
1: we've got a moment of the weekend. Okay. Uh and then also real quick, uh Archie trying to be his dad, but he's too weak. Yeah. He's like, I've never felt farther
0: from the dad than I do now.
1: He's too weak integrity wise, so he tries to uh, mix that up with like I'll be strong muscle wise. And like it's it, bad. There's I think there's like a reverse boomer thing going on where Archie is the boomer. And Luke Perry is the modern day man that they're trying to do. Luke Perry's the zoomer. He's the zoomer. I I would I would boom Archie and I would zoom Luke Perry. My moment of the week is this, Taylor. There's a secret word that turns all the Betty's in the Uh, world, yep, to dark Betty's, yep. And every I don't know if you've noticed. I don't know how long they've been doing this, but every movie is or every episode is named after a movie. They could have made that goddamn word anything. Could have made it anything. But what they chose to make the word and then name the episode after is tangerine, which tangerine. means this episode is named after Sean Baker's pop filters number one movie of that year, Tangerine.
0: Tanja fucking rain. Uh, yeah. My moment of the week is just all of the shit with like somehow someone can phone call your mom and say the word tangerine and she pulls out a knife and tries to murder her daughter.
1: Uh, fuck and then, it. And Why then, not? Why not? Betty is scared and then realizes what's happening. And then snaps? Yes. And then that snaps Alice out of it, of course. And then she's like... She, she literally says what am I doing in the living room with a knife about to stab you?
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Riverdale, guys, it's on the CW on Wednesday nights. It's a fucking weird wild ride. You should check it out, I guess. That is it. That is all of our shows for the week. Uh, If you liked this show, you should go to yourpropfilter.com and find uh, more of our other shows and various other things if you want to help us out like uh, in a financial fiduciary sense, you should do that through yourpubfilter.com slash Amazon. Do you is want me to just... check every other ad? Nope. It's just like regular Amazon. Or you go to patreon.com slash yourpubfilter, which is like a way of just like giving us money if you wanted to do that. Like in a way, it's it's giving us money, but in a way that gives us money. For my money,
1: it should be your money that is now my money. Do you want me to do every third ad? No, I don't want you to do any of the ads.
2: What about me? Should I do it? What should if I you do didn't? Ryan's What ads? if
1: that didn't happen? Um, this is if... taking
0: a lot... <laughs>
2: My ad for Ryan is, do you want a best friend who's very... Uh, thoughtful, even though he'll hide it behind sarcasm.
0: Oh, Me, Mike, Mike friends is drunk. Wow, that's, I think I think we're all <laughs> drunk. Uh, social media is uh, Instagram and Twitter, at YourPopFilter. You can also contact us at contact at com. That's an email address, and if you want an easy way to find all those links, you can go to YourPopFilter.social, and all of our stuff is there. And with that, we are done with this episode. Next week we are going to wrap up Watchmen with the finale of Watchmen, which has come too soon. R.I.P. Too soon.
2: And the Runaways fight yeah! Elizabeth Burke. I way, don't
1: know I, who that is. Married to Hugh Grant? Stood by him with the whole uh, Denise Brown prostitution controversy of the Be- early 1990s? Before my time. Elizabeth, her, uh, did, you, uh, did you see, what's her name? Faye McRae? Uh, Fabian, no. what's the character's name? Magician? Fabian Corpus. <laughs> Fabian Corpus. Uh,
2: Jesus Christ.
1: Is that a bad thing to say?
0: No, it's just, why would you
1: go to Habeas Corpus for a pun? I've never met... <laughs> That's what I'm um, always thinking about Morgan Lefay. Elizabeth Hurley is playing Morgan Lefay, and Le Fay. man, she is like uh, on the bad side of fifty, and she's in this costume that looks like she is on the good side of. Elizabeth Hurley, man, I'm I'm excited for Runaway. <laughs> I don't
0: know what's happening anymore. We're doing all that next week for Ryan. Fabia
1: McLabia. Fav-
0: oh, no, that's bad, guys. Come on, <laughs> for Ryan, I'm Mike. For Mike, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, we gotta go. We gotta shut this off.
2: Oh, he didn't even say he means
0: it. You're gonna talk about jurisprudence next. What's going on? We're gonna talk about uh, fucking uh uh uh. uh A friend of the court. What is that? Like an amicus brief? You gonna throw that in there?
1: Amicus Finch. A bunch of pelican brief ass. You have the time?
0: Yes. No. yeah, we do need to do this thing. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, for remembering what we need to do. All right, I'm gonna stop...